Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. And here's today's episode. I'm getting to interview so many great people for the Craft of Coaching podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Laura Sims, who is at the website with laurasims.com. Sims has two M's in it, by the way. Laura is a career coach and the creator of Your Career Homecoming, and she has so many wonderful, rich insights. She's a really wonderful coach, and I'm excited for you to be able to learn a little bit more about different kinds of coaches in this industry through listening to our interview. What is it that your people tend to be struggling with? Obviously not giving away any one person's confidential coaching session content or anything like that. But on the whole, the people who are coming to you for one-on-one coaching, any of your group programs, any kind of a workshop, what is it that they commonly talk about struggling with? Yeah, I'd say there's maybe four or five greatest hits. Um, The first one is just facts, Like they literally don't have the correct information when it comes to finding a meaningful career. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, I really just step into full teacher mode and I'm just teaching them like you thought the world was flat and I'm going to show you how it's round. (laughs) And um, I I really like being able to do that one. I mean, it's just kind of fun to to get to do that. Right. And, And to nerd out over all the kind of theory and academic stuff. Um, but I find if they can understand like, oh, this is the world, all the work we do after that is so much easier for them because we're on the same page and we have the same, same vocabulary and they understand the target that they're aiming for. Okay. So Um, this is like the realm of client education, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of this, obviously, you know, I get to do on my blog or in my newsletter or on social media. Um, So usually by the time people get to me, they kind of, you know, have heard snippets um, and they've got a sense of, oh, this is Laura's perspective. And I, I like that. And it's different. And that's one reason that I want to work with her, but I'm finding it really helpful to give kind of like, here's the masterclass version. Like you've read the blog, (laughs) you've seen something on social media, but here's everything put together so that your brain can kind of wrap around it at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big challenge is, you know, I'm working with people who are, are trying to find their meaningful career. So a lot of times they have been in a dead end, unchallenging career where, um, you know, they've just kind of, they've settled for a long time. And one of the results of that is it's like almost their imagination, their ability to dream of a better scenario has atrophied. Mm. So one of the early things we do is just kind of wake their imagination up to what else could be possible for them. 
Mm. And so can we, because the, the second part of, I know you said there are like four or five greatest hits and the second part of, of, of these conversations is always like, okay, so, but how that now <laughs> here's what the problem is. How do you work on that? I'm so curious about how specifically you help people with that wake up because, um, so coaching so often gets stereotyped as just being a conversation. And of course it involves conversations, but that's not all it is. And um, people sometimes have said to me, well, you know, why would you hire a coach? You've got your friends. And I'm like, but there's something different that happens in a coaching conversation. And so, you know, this is kind of that, that terrain of, you know, someone sitting here and they're just they've been in a soul sucking job for so long that they feel kind of shut down, I would guess, or numbed out. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, what do you see as an entry point from a, a craft perspective to really get that client to, to consider new possibilities, especially I, when it probably feels really difficult. Yeah. I give a lot of written assignments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I have a couple different ones that I'll, I'll use really early on to just kind of get their gears turning. Um, you know, and one is a pretty simple, you know, just kind of ideal life writing exercise. You know, if, if things weren't like they were now and you could have the best version possible of your life, what would that look like? And I give them, you know, that's kind of a big question. So I give them some categories to make it easier. You know, what would your community look like? Um, what would mm -hmm. your job look like? What would your family be like? What would your home and living space look like? What would your creative life be like? I mean, how's your health? Um, and I find often they need that kind of specificity to like have a foothold. Um, and even sometimes they struggle with that. They're like, I don't know what I want my creative life to be. I don't have one. <laughs> or <laughs> I've lived in this crappy apartment for so long. I don't like, I don't know. Everything else around here is too expensive. So I just don't think about it. Um, but just getting them to start committing some of that stuff to paper really helps. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I do specifically around their career is have them make, I call it the hell no list. And basically mm. they just write down all the stuff they are done with putting up with in their career. Um, and as soon as it goes on the piece of paper that they don't ever have to do that thing again. And people write down stuff ranging from like, I'm never wearing pantyhose to an office <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, I'm never going to do work that doesn't align with my values. Um, so it can be really mundane or it can be like the deep stuff but just drawing some boundaries and saying, okay, maybe I don't know what I want yet, but I'm going to start with what I don't want. People can really pretty easily access what they don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it actually reminds me of whenever I quit my salary job, like I still remember the day that I like got rid of all my suits that I had like so <laughs> carefully acquired from the clearance rack at Banana Republic for, for a long time. The clearance racks at Banana Republic were like my go-to to find a petite suit because I'm short that didn't need to be tailored. And I still remember like it felt kind of scary to be getting rid of them. Like, oh, but what if I need these again? And then also kind of like liberating. So I'm just thinking of, you know, the pantyhose comment as like... <laughs> It actually has a quite a bit of depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you, ha we had talked about client education and then 
uh, you had talked also about opening people up to their vision with these big questions and you'd taken this big life question of, of what is it you want and, and drilled it down into some specifics. What are some other things that your people tend to struggle with? And then wherever you think appropriate, feel free to, to move us right into what you like to do to, to talk with people about that specific thing. Sure. So most of my people want a plan for the future. They want mm-hmm. a five-year plan. They want to know every bullet point. They want to know exactly what the journey is going to look like, look like before they like pack the knapsack and start on the way. And it, I mean, it just doesn't really work like that. So <laughs> um, an analogy that I often use with people um, is that what they want to do is be a synchronized swimmer right? They want to know every move ahead of time. They want to practice. They want to get it just right before they have to go out and do the real thing in front of people. And what I'm trying to teach them to do is to surf. Mm. And when you surf, you still have to be skilled. You know, you still have to know how to, you know, how to get on the surfboard. But instead of having every move planned out, what you know how to do is read the weather and feel a wave and intuitively know, do I jump into this wave or do I wait for the next one? Um, And you know that falling off is part of it and you know that you get back on and there's another wave and you catch it. Um, So setting up, kind of setting up the analogy that way, they can kind of see like, oh, I've been trying to be a synchronized swimmer. Okay, I'm going to try to be more of a surfer. Um, You know, and practically that there are things that reinforce that throughout all of our work together. Um, you know, I get a lot of A students, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, am I doing it right? Will you look at my sheet? Can you do, am I, you know, am I getting an A? And I really try to chill them out um, and tell them that if they're doing the work, they're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that no one's here to get an A. We're all grown-ups. I'm not grading your paper. Um, you know, I really encourage them to advocate for themselves and come to me with questions instead of me having to like go ahead and, you know, check in on everyone all the time. Um, and some of the, you know, work that I have them do throughout the, you know, rest of the course with me has them contacting strangers and asking, you know, for informational interviews You know, they're just, they're doing things that get them out of their comfort zone. Um, And they've got to do them kind of quickly and imperfectly. Um, So, you know, it's not that I have a single exercise that helps them do that, but it's just, it's part of how we live as we go through the work together. Well, I love that you said that, because I was thinking as you were sharing that even though there's this tangible outcome assigned or uh, associated with your work of really finding out what your meaningful career is. You're talking in in many ways about life. Like we all need to let go of some of these shackles of trying to be synchronized swimmers in our lives and trust that we can apply the skill of swimming to surfing instead, which is not about synchronizing anything and all about reading the conditions as they happen and getting back up on the board. I mean, it's just such a beautiful metaphor for living life, not just how you do your career. And I would imagine that you get a lot of people who, who find that it's, 
even though the the topic, I guess, is career, that they end up doing some pretty amazing things in their relationships or marriages or as parents or, you know, somewhere else in their lives. Honestly, that's my favorite stuff to hear because, I mean, I know they're going to figure out their career stuff by the end of us working together, but I don't know, you know, all this other stuff that starts to flourish in people's lives. Like I've had people tell me like, I sold my house because Mm -hmm. I wanted to have more freedom or I lost 17 pounds because I quit numbing out eating junk after work because now I like my job or I started Mm -hmm. dating again. I had a woman... (laughs) Not long after she finished the program, she's like, I don't entirely credit your program to this, but some of it, um, she like fell in love, went on this adventure across the country with this man and they got married. Like that, that's, that's the really, really rewarding part for me as, as coach, as teacher is to see these people become more of themselves just in their life, you know, Mm -hmm. and hopefully like that's what's happening no matter what we're coaching around, right? It's about helping these people um, become more of who they are and then go out and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Career as a portal for the other things. And there are just so many um, mirroring movements between who you decide to be in work or in a career and who you are deciding to be in your life. So Mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's just absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I, I don't know if this question will, will fall anywhere, but I would imagine that even people, I have been thinking a lot this week in particular about the rising up moments, the moments when somebody decides to go after something and they get some kind of clarity and then they hit some sort of a snag and then they're going, wait, hold on. You know, maybe maybe other people would call that a U-turn moment, but it's sort of the the moment on the hero's journey when setbacks are encountered and all sort of seems lost. And I would imagine that for for and I guess the reason I'm thinking of this question is because with me running a life coach training program, I'm seeing that happen with our trainees. I'm seeing how there's the initial excitement of, oh my God, I become a coach. I get my first couple of clients. It's all really exciting. I've just done this incredibly brave thing and told the world that I'm going in this direction. And then a couple months in, something always happens, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it's a client lull or maybe it's um, somebody else uh, is using really similar branding and you feel all weird. Like, "Eh, I don't know, did they copy me? You know, like I've heard all kinds of stories, but everybody sort of encounters this moment where they're going, I don't know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So I was wondering um, if you have anything that you might share about those moments when the U-turn presents itself, the big challenge, or the moment to rise up and keep going, even though it seems like, wait, who the hell did I think I was to think I could start some new career? Yeah, you know, I think one thing that I try to do for my clients and I try to keep in mind for myself, you know, as a a, a business owner, um, or, or anytime you want to do anything of significance, right. Or anything that the stakes feel high for you, um, is having clear expectations about what it looks like. And this is one thing I love so much about your work, um, is that, you know, we're not selling the unicorn into the sunset version (laughs) of this. Um, and that actually those U-turns or those setbacks are 
par for the course. And it's not that you're failing, you're doing something wrong. You, you know, it's a sign that you should stop. That's what progressing towards something good looks like. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's an expected pit stop on the way. Um, and of course you can decide at any time, any, at any time to bow out or change your mind. Um, but you have sovereignty over that. So, you know, if you hit a road bump, um, or, or something's looking like, eh, I don't know, I feel weird about it. Like that's, that's part of it. That's a feature, not a bug. Mm, mm, I love that. That's a great, that's a great way of putting it. That's a feature, not a bug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you do several group coaching programs, um, same, same as me, which is, I feel like the biggest thing that's helped me, my clients rather in my coaching practice has been putting out more group offerings so that when somebody encounters that stuff, there's somebody else who's at a different place in the process who can remind them, Hey, all is not lost. Or, you know, like that community aspect of things is enormously helpful for people. Yes. And I find, you know, part of what I'm always doing with, with my people is, you know, helping them really orient around a mission or sense of purpose. So, you know, it's really great if you hit a rocky time to be able to go back to a mission statement, a post-it note, you know, a quote, just whatever kind of ground you in why you started doing this in the first place and why it matters to you. It's really helpful to have some kind of touchstone like that to come back to. So you're like, oh yeah, okay, this thing sucks. (laughs) And I'm going to get past this thing because what I'm doing matters more than this little obstacle in front of me. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. And the thing I've loved the most about interviewing people for this season of craft of coaching is I'm, I'm talking to all of you and we're talking about how coaches could apply this, you know, craft, these things that we've been talking about, but it's also, I mean, I'm listening to everything you're saying. I'm like, ah, I need the like synchronized swimmer versus surfer metaphor reminder in my own life all the time, you know, like, um, this is this is work that we can do too, and I love that you you added a moment ago, you know, something you try to help your clients remember, and you added the note, something I myself try to remember. It's like we need to do our work alongside our clients rather than some kind of a guru model. Thank you so much for for making a nod to that because it's such an important piece of all of this. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that's really important to do as a coach is to model um, the behavior you are asking of your clients. And that doesn't mean being, being perfect, obviously. Um, But I do think, you know, having some transparency around being human um, and, and, you know, striving to do something um, that matters to you um, is helpful. You know, it's, it's instructive. And I think it also, um, it gives people, I don't mean role model in like a lofty way, but it gives people an example of like, oh, here's someone I know in my life who's doing this. So if they can do it, great. I can do that too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need, I mean, it's, it's coaching is some parts mentoring. I really think of that as being like a mentor, like any mentor I've ever had has always been somebody who was modeling the way for me, but they were also open about the fact that they had stumbling blocks and they were also taking care to note the the pieces of the puzzle that are about remembering that 
I guess you could say higher purpose that, that, um, that vision that you have for your life. (laughs) Is that your little, is that your little boy? (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm trying to evacuate him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. This is like a perfect moment. This right here, this is a real life moment, being a mom and being a coach. It happens too. (laughs) Right in and lay down on the floor. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, then I will thank you so much for for taking some time to be here today and share uh, with everybody. And um, everybody can find Laura's work at withlaurasims.com. Sims has two M's. And I, I mean... I I think that anybody who listens to the Craft of Coaching podcast who is not already a coach, who's going, is coaching even the right career for me? I hate my current job. Do I even want to become a coach? I'm like, hey, if you're in that kind of space, bypass signing up for CLCC right now. Go take Laura's programs, work with Laura, and you'll find the answer to that question (laughs) as to whether or not coaching really is what you want to be doing right now. And that's that's a really legitimate place to put your time and your energy. So thank you so much, Laura, for, for being with us. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.